0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic reject a bid for Christopher Iyer as their trist, uh, their transfer hunt continues. Stephen Gerrard slams Rangers defending as they lose to Tranmere. And Jim Goodwin calls for Covid rule changes after a disrupted start to the League Cup. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. As I understand it, Brentford put up a bid of £12 million which could have risen to £15 million. I have to say, Andrew, I think that's a fair price for Chris Iyer. It comes into the bite your hand off category for me but if it takes Celtic as long to sell players as it takes Celtic to sign players then Christopher Iyer can be in for a long wait Celtic's Champions League qualifier against Mitchelland is next week and the season ended the last season ended on the 15th of May we're now mid-July and Celtic have signed one player in two months and that's a 20 year old from Sheffield Wednesday the Celtic fans must have been expecting a greater response there was also the small matter last night of uh, of football not coming home yes well uh, an amazing dramatic end to the game uh, I am desperately sorry for what has happened to the three young men who took and missed penalties for England all the words have been said by Gareth Southgate and everyone else from uh, Gary Neville to the Prime Minister but it was shameful uh, however I think that Italy were the best team in the competition uh, and I'm sure there are many people here now learning Il Canto degli Italiani as a matter of respect A fantastic tournament wasn't it just a brilliant month but what really matters is Scottish football we're back Transfers, League Cup group stages underway Champions League qualifiers just over a week away Anything that's on your mind tonight Make sure to give us a call 0141 951 1025 is the number you need Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB But we'll start with that news over the weekend Reports saying that Celtic knocked back As you said Hugh, a £12 million offer from Brentford For Christopher Iyer, another £3 million in add-ons It was TV2 in Norway that, that came out first And they were claiming Celtic have set a price tag of £20 million For the defender Who's just entering the last year of his contract I have no problem with clubs trying to Maximise their earnings But I think that uh, Christopher Ayer would be very fortunate to get £20 million For him uh, It would be magnificent business for Celtic If they accepted the 12 Rising to £15 million from Brentford Because they got Chris Ayer For around about half a million pounds uh, And that would be The business model working perfectly To buy small, sell big is it a, a risky game for Celtic to play at, at this point if they are demanding that type of fee when, you know, six months down the line, clubs can then turn around and actually just, you know, Celtic are out the picture and they can negotiate and, and try and get him on a pre-contract? Yeah, it's a risky business. Uh, the man I feel sorry for right now is Ange Postacoglu. He's got to play Mitchelland in eight days' time. Uh, he's been here for weeks now uh, and there have been very little serious activity. Um on the transfer market Everyone knew that Celtic had A tremendous rebuild on After the way the season ended Last May uh, But the response has been Perplexing to say the least uh, Nicky Hammond The director of recruitment left mid-March This is mid-July No sign of a replacement The season ended May 15 This is mid-July No sign of players coming in That The Celtic fans were looking for if not marquee signings, at least players who are going to hit the ground running. 
Well, I'm just looking at Twitter now. George Brown has tweeted saying, just heard you say Celtic should bite the handoff for £12 million for Christopher Ryer, proving without a doubt he's absolutely clueless. In today's market, he's worth at least £18 million. It's the difference here that Christopher Ryer may be worth £18 million in the eyes of George, but the problem is he's entering the last year of his contract. So that, that definitely changes things. Yeah, Celtic have to be careful. It's like Edward, you know, he's going to allow Edward to kick his heels here in Glasgow. Uh, rather than take uh, a, a decent offer for him I do understand that it's slightly different with Edouard Because Paris Saint-Germain have to be paid A very healthy uh, percentage of any outgoing transfer fee That Celtic might get 01419511025 I'll go straight to the phones Jamie is a Celtic fan in Airdrie up first Jamie, what's on your mind tonight? Hello lads Hi, Hi Jamie Jamie, he's got calling I'm a very, very concerned Celtic fan and I'm a season dick holder as well. I just left the view there. I've just had a bad feeling about playing at the Rams, the right back, Stephen Wells, a guy that doesn't want to be in the club. And you've got great deal of playing left back. Where's the road at party? Can somebody like, can you maybe get in with Fine Dumas? Can you know party? Have you got a very transfer for that? Thanks, plus the club was shaded Friday there. The the chance that it me this week, the wind part money forward here, beef part money up, the oil selling support again, and it feels that it will be shortchanged again. We need to find out this happening in practice. Did something find out for us? I mean, Hugh, there's the frustration that, that Jamie's feeling and I'm sure other Celtic fans are, are feeling at the moment. When Ange Postacoglu did his first media press conference, mm-hmm. he was asked, you know, wh- when would you hope to make your first signing? And he said yesterday. And here we are, quite a wee bit down the road now. Celtic are now just over a week away from a big competitive match against Mitchelland and there's really not been much change. You hear a variety of phrases uh, with regard to Celtic in the transfer market. Celtic are in advanced talks with or Celtic have been linked with, or Celtic have stepped up their move to get, the common denominator we have here is that whether it's Hajduk Split, whether uh, it is any other club that Celtic are currently in advance talks with, nobody's been signed. I mean, you look at one of the issues last season that Neil Lennon brought up right at the start of the season after the Ferenc Varos defeat was... There are players here that, that don't want to be at the club. Christopher Ayer has come out publicly this summer and said that he wants to leave the club. At that point, do you think Celtic just need to try their best to facilitate a move? Is, is that better for everyone? Is it, is it hard having a player at the club that just doesn't actively want to be there? Well, again, Ange Postacoglu has been pitched into this. There is no director of recruitment. Uh, it's a case of Ange Postacoglu and Dominic Mackay, the chief executive. Uh, and at the moment Celtic appear to be finding it inordinately hard to sign a player Why does it take so long? Uh, you know, Jamie on the line is asking for someone at Celtic to inform him and the other supporters The only man that you can turn to at the moment is Dominic Mackay He's taken over from Peter Lowell, it's now his baby But things are moving incredibly slowly And it looks as if Celtic will try to absorb players into the squad as the season goes on That for me Never works Not when the club that you're trying to catch Is well established They they have a The only problem they have is They may have to Rangers I'm talking about They have to offload Because they're top heavy In a variety of areas uh, But Celtic at the moment 
it's bewildering the size of the rebuild needing done and the scale of the rebuild as it stands is one 20-year-old signed in two months. Jamie said specifically about the defence. He was saying that, you know, at the moment Celtic are really going into this game against Mitchelland with Anthony Ralston at right back. It could be near Beaton and Stephen Welsh at centre back. There's Christopher Ayer who doesn't want to be there at left back. You've got the choice really between Greg Taylor and Bollyball and Golly. Uh-huh. That's that that doesn't seem like a, a back four that Celtic fans are going to be confident with going into, you know, what what is a huge tie. And you also have a goalkeeper, Barkas who is being asked to transform himself from the one that could not be trusted last season into one who can immediately uh, be the £5 million goalkeeper that the Celtic fans thought he would be. So all over the park there are question marks but at the moment as things stand Celtic are, to my way of thinking, in no position to be facing a team like Mitchelland in a Champions League qualifier eight days from now. There's been a lot of speculation over the past weeks about players that may or may not be going to Celtic. I think one of the latest last week was Carl Starfelt, who is a central defender from Ruben Kazan. Brandon Soppe, who is a French fullback who's been linked over the weekend. Do you think there's a growing frustration with every name that gets linked for fans? Well, you know, here's another name, but... Where are they? Where are they holding the Celtic scarf above their head? Where's the where are the announcements? You will always get fans who will say, "Ah, this is just media speculation. Uh, you're trying to create a crisis at Celtic Park." Uh, that's simply not the case. If you are paying attention, and you're one of those Celtic fans who was disgusted by the progress of last season, you must have been expecting more than you have received so far. You must have thought the response would be far greater than it so far is. Well, thank you to Jamie. 01419511025 on the phones. Let's go to Craig, who's a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. Craig, what's on your mind? Hi, uh, Andrew. Hi, Hugh. How you doing? Good. Um, I've got to say, listen, you know, I was obviously dis- disappointed um, to close to, to Cranmere Rovers. Um, I think, with no disrespect to them, even with the squad we put out, that should have been more than enough to, to beat a team who... You know, only just recently uh, attained league status um, down south. You know, so that that's you know, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button, but of course it's a concern because it's the kind of result that even though it's pre-season, you shouldn't be getting. But it shows to me that I think we've got a lot of deadwood in that squad that 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 need to go out the door. Really, I think George Edmondson for me, I don't really know why he's there. We don't need him we've got enough centre backs to cover I also don't think he's good enough he's had plenty of chances in a Rangers shirt he's had a loan spell clearly he's just not at that level um, I think Jordan Jones is another one that to me shouldn't be there I said at the tail end of last season as well that I still had question marks about Jack Simpson um, you know they're still kind of there because I'm still not sure where he where he fits in um, to that defence if it remains somewhat similar especially if Katic comes back in um, and obviously Lundstrom who we've brought in which somewhat mystified me so it seems to me that we need to really trim the fat a wee bit there um, especially with it because the thing is uh, you think that's bad we're going to go and play Arsenal in the Armour didn't we? you know and I would expect in those games us to start with a squad that will be close or at least closer to the squad I'd expect to start on the opening day of the season um, at the start of August uh, personally because you know if we go and 
you lose to Tramier, we could absolutely get turned over by the Amadrid in, in Arsenal, um, which is not. I mean, I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm just saying if we don't go with that route, which I think, judging by what Gerard said, we will, then that that would be problematic. The, the common denominator, Andrew, with players like Jordan Jones, Edmondson, they won't be anywhere near Arsenal or Real Madrid, and they won't be anywhere near Rangers first team uh, when the new season begins on a regular basis. Uh, so, you know, Craig will get his wish and they'll be offloaded uh, when Rangers can find someone to take them. Um, but pre-season friendlies... I suppose that's the question. How how much can you read into no. the results? I mean, Rangers played effectively, what was it, two two separate starting 11s really in, yeah. in both halves. Steven Gerrard, although was quite scathing in his analysis of it, he said afterwards, um, the goal we conceded was embarrassing for our level on how it was last year. People jumping out the way of tackles, people being soft and weak. I can't tolerate that. It's strong words. Is that maybe just a sort of early wake-up call, just telling the players, you know what, you need to be... Right bang at the standard you were last season Yeah because I'm quite sure that some players At Rangers will be looking at Celtic At the moment and thinking They're not anywhere near as strong As they were last season And last season we beat them by 25 points uh, So Stephen Gerrard Is getting out the There will be no complacency message Straight away but pre-season friendlies You know I'm quite sure that Ange Postacoglu doesn't believe for one minute uh, that Celtic's two pre-season friendlies mean that they're in great shape for Mitchelland and I'm quite sure that Steven Gerrard doesn't think that defeat from Tranmere however embarrassing and however many backsides needed to be kicked after it I'm quite sure he doesn't believe that that or indeed anything that happens against Real Madrid and Arsenal will influence the start of the season when Rangers play Livingston day one and Celtic go to Tynecastle day one then We'll start to draw our conclusions Craig, despite being disappointed With the first couple of pre-season performances Is there anyone in particular That's maybe caught your eye That, that could make an impact this season That maybe hasn't previously? Um, I, I, I don't know I'm quite be honest I don't really think I've seen Other than the, the usual suspects That I would expect to be to, to, to be stepping up I've not, There's nobody out with that usual quartet That's kind of stood out I mean Lundstrom, you know Clearly, um, he still needs to get his fitness up. He obviously wasn't um, 100% fit. He was clearly a, a tired-looking um, guy on the pitch uh, the other day, but that obviously will come, you know, another few games under his belt and stuff for that, and that, that will come. So, um, you know, it's certainly been interesting to see what he does, although, again, it's one of those ones that when I saw I thought, I, I don't really know where he fits in if we keep the same squad. And, and I agree with you. I think, you know, you look at Celtic, um, yep, they've went and, beat Sheffield Wednesday and they went and beat Charlton and I think they played was it Preston or something like that so I mean it doesn't strike me that they've decided to give themselves any real you know proper competition when I mean, we were playing Arsenal and we are the kid um, but they have won those games despite an apparent crisis going on there um, and I actually think they're going to end up with a largely similar squad to last year because it seems they're just going to price teams out of buying their players um, if you're only going to take 12 you know, up to 15 million for Ayer then Nobody's going to pay you more than that For a player like Christopher Ayer So I think we'll be looking at that So it's just about Getting And I think Everybody should be back For various international duties And all that now So we should be able to go With a full squad um, by, by the time Arsenal roll in Of course the important thing is The start of the season And then the Champions League qualifiers That's when we really need to be Hitting the ground running Because that is such An important thing for us And I think it'd be A real milestone for Steven Gerrard that we could get is there because I think 
we've proven ourselves in the Europa League that we can compete over the last couple of seasons there. I think now it's time to try and see if we can make that step up to the Champions League. So those are the important ones. But I do, you know, we'll see what happens with Arsenal Real Madrid. But I think we will see a far stronger squad, certainly. Craig was saying earlier on about the fact that Rangers need to trim their squad. Steven Gerrard needs to get players out the door. Although that is a concern for Craig, it's still a much better position to be in than having to scramble around to get a squad together. Mm. You'd much rather have a, a sort of settled squad and be able to say, to say, you know what, that these are certain numbers that we need to move out rather than having to, to move a lot of bodies in. If you have the same squad who won the league by 25 points and you've added to it with players that you believe will bring quality, like Lundstrom, then of course you're in a very happy position and of course, to use Craig's expression, some of the fat will need to be trimmed uh, there are plenty of players there who simply will not take part on a regular basis and Stephen Gerrard knows who they are and they'll be offloaded when the opportunity arises. But at Celtic, it's different. Uh, Celtic need to get players in. Um, the goalkeeper will wait and see. Good luck to the fella. £5 million goalkeeper who was quickly put out of the team because he just had difficulty saving anything. But he'll start the season clearly, Barkas. Uh, but there are so many areas where players, it was expected, would be brought in. And I repeat, from May 15 to July 12, one signing, a 20-year-old from Sheffield Wednesday. The Celtic supporters, if they're being honest, must be taken aback by the lack of transfer activity. Well, thank you to Craig 01419511025. Give us a call and you could be up next after the travel. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. I tell you what, it's a very busy night on the phone, so let's not waste any time. Let's go straight back to them. Chris is a Celtic fan in Airdrie. Chris, looks like you've got a bone to pick with Hugh. I certainly have. Uh, I certainly have. I think Hugh was nearly going to say about five, ten minutes ago that uh, pre-season friendlies don't really matter much. You know, when the, the previous caller was talking about Rangers' uh, result against Tranmere, um, and that Postacoglu shouldn't be too excited regarding his two his two victories. Um, you've got a short memory. I remember many years ago, you'd crisis in the back pages of your newspaper when Celtic, I think, lost to Man U in America when Martin O'Neill was a manager. I, um, I didn't personally have it in the back of the paper. Uh, you know, I'd, I may have been at the newspaper at that time, but I personally didn't put the word crisis in. But, uh, you know, a bit of double standard going on here. But my other point is... I, I mean, we'll take that first of all, Chris, and we'll let you come back in. I mean, Chris is accusing you of short-sightedness. I, I, I do see the irony in the fact that this was also somewhere between 2000 and 2005 that yeah. you must have said this, but uh, people sort of interpret pre-season friendlies in, in different ways. Don't yeah. they? Some people think it can be a real view to, to what the season ahead is going to be like and other people maybe think, you know what, it's sort of testing out players, getting fitness up and, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. it. They're a waste of time. But um, if Celtic lost 5-0 to Preston on Saturday, I would say the same thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, since we're on about memory test, Chris, do you remember when Arsenal came to Celtic and won 5-0 when Billy McNeil was the manager? 
That's right, and they won the league that season. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Yes, absolutely. There, therefore, they're a waste of time, pre-season friendlies. Okay, well, I'm glad you've now admitted that they're a waste of time, so that's fair enough. I, I, we could move on from that. I, I, um, have, I have admitted it. I never I stood up for pre-season friendlies in the first place. I'm selling well, you... I, say, I do remember the headlines in the back page of the paper, Crisis, which I thought were ridiculous at the time. But nothing, anyway, to, my main, but nothing my main to do point, with me. Well, okay, my main point would be this... Um, I think there's, there's something missing here in the d- debate tonight about Celtic. I mean, as a, as a fan of Celtic, I would like to see some players uh, signed by now. But I think there's one thing that you're maybe forgetting uh, tonight in the discussions. Um, last season was, disa- was a disaster for Celtic. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Neil Lennon, um, you know, did a terrible job last season and should have been sacked well before he was. Or if he, if he walked, who knows. Um, Postacoglu... You've got to factor in the fact that he's he's trying to get the best of a of a squad that's still there. I mean, you're talking about you know uh, what he's got to work with in terms of this tie coming up next week. He's still got you know Edward. He's still got Ayer. He's still got uh, Christie. These guys are still there. Now, albeit I know you know the ones I've just mentioned here do want to leave, but for all you know, he's maybe had a chat with these guys and just asked them to to help out in this, in this period of time to get them through these times. Already we've heard Charm saying that uh, through his agent he's happy to stay around and fight for his place. So, you, you know, th- th- there's a factor here where Postacoglu uh, is maybe using his his uh, managerial skills and experience to try and get the best out of the squad that he's got. I do agree there's one or two areas or two or three areas that need fixing. But, you know, don't, let's not forget that He's, like Rogers did when he took over from Delia, um, we all thought that squad was pretty ropey, but did Brendan Rogers not get the best out of that with only two or three additions uh, in the beginning? So, you know, let's not forget that there's, there's, uh, there's other factors here, you know? Well, of course, if we can convince Ryan Christie to stay at Celtic, that would be good for Celtic. But with regard to Orson Edward and Christopher Ayer, I think that uh, Celtic would be acting uh, not in their best interest and unless they try to get money for them now because if they're going to go for nothing then Celtic will be losing out on millions of pounds and why should Ange Postacoglu be in the position of saying to Ayer and to Edward listen could you hang around long enough to see me through a, a difficult time here this should all have been sorted out Chris you must understand that This should all have been sorted out long ago May 15 the season ended Two months later Celtic have signed a young boy from Sheffield Wednesday And that's it This should all have been sorted out They've given Ange Postacoglu No room to work with at all And the man's got a Champions League qualifier next week Okay, can I just come back in there? Yep, on you go Yeah, um, I, I hear what you're saying um, However you know, Edward and I yeah, have been there for a number of years. They know the club. You know, they know. You know, they're bedded in. They're, 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 you know, they know the club, as I say. You know, why would Postecoglou get rid of these guys immediately to get the money in the door to then go and buy two or three guys that you know maybe are going to take a while to settle in? I mean, I'm not suggesting for a minute he's not going to sell Edward and I or the club won't. I think they will definitely before the end of the window. But he may have convinced these guys to just you know. Give their best while they're here. Who knows? But that's, and, a, kind of, that's a kind of lame approach to the building of a, a side with a start of the new season. I repeat, you want to go to Ayer and to Edward and say, "Listen, could you hang around long enough to help me over the hump here?" 
Celtic should have had all of this worked out. The, 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 they've dragged their heels, Eddie Howe, they dragged their heels for week upon week upon week. And then at the 11th hour, Eddie Howe tells him he's not coming as manager. Ange Postacoglu's been brought in. He has a huge job in his hands. Some fans will still be sceptical skeptical about his appointment. Uh, and the man hasn't been given the proper tools to work with. Ange Postacoglu said last week that the futures of the likes of Christopher Ayer and Odson Edward are, are out of his hands, really. It's, it's something that the Celtic board have to deal with, yeah. Chris. But if you look at guys like Albion Ayeti, who scored a couple of goals in pre-season, Karamoko Dembele got a goal at the weekend as well. Do you think there's maybe other players outside of, of the likes of Ayer and, and Edward and Christie that um, yeah. you'll be able to get the best out of that, that we haven't seen the best of in a Celtic shot so far? Absolutely. I think you've, you've highlighted a few others there. Um Karamoka Dembele, uh, Ayeti, you know, as you say, has come back leaner and uh, scoring goals, which is what he was bought to do. Um, and th- yeah, there's, there's other players there, I'm sure, a lot of the, the younger uh, lads as well that he's tried out in these games as well that have, that have shown some good form. So, um, I mean, the goalkeeper situation as well. I mean, I know he was going on about Barkas, um, but, you know, likewise there, you know, maybe he's got some renewed uh, face in the sense that you know the managers maybe had a word with him and gave him gave him the confidence he needs to to start performing and Chris. albeit from from the what I've heard in the two games he's played he's he's not really put a, a foot or a hand wrong you know Chris if I had said to you on the 15th of May the night of May 15 on the night of July 12 Celtic will have signed one 20 year old from Sheffield Wednesday and nobody else would you believe me Yes, I would have, because that's the way Celtic do their business, I'm afraid. I don't think they don't tend to go out and buy three or four or five signings one week after the window opens. It's just not their style. That's what we've had to be to get used to over the over the years. But yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be you know, give you a completely serious answer, to that I've expected maybe one or two. But you know, at the end of the day, I think by you know certainly the end of the window, I would I'd like to think there's going to be a few few new phases in the door and there'll probably a few out the door. I think that's what's going to happen. But you you've just uh, used you've just used the phrase there, Chris. I would like to think. I'd like to think. I'd like to think. But it's taking a bit longer. But you know, as I say, he's obviously trying to get the best out of what he's got and albeit these guys will probably go. But um as you just highlighted there, there are there are one or two others that have now been given a chance. I'm not um, blaming I'm not blaming Ange Postacoglu in any way, shape or form. He has been brought in at the 11th hour. He has been given very little time. And so far as I can see, in terms of additions to the squad, he's been given very little help. 01419511025. Thank you to Chris. Next up is John, a Celtic fan in Greenock. John, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, well, it's about uh, Keith Jackson's statement today. There's just a crash with the hammer. We're going to have a lot of crashes at Parky in the next couple of weeks. Uh, once again... Yeah, last Friday, they didn't extend the, 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 the date to get the season tickets. We had to get all our money last Friday. But every day I'm picking a paper up, I'm on the Celtic website to see who we're going to sign. And it's, it's absolutely scandalous. If we're going into these Champions League games, eh, the new sign is a few seeds. And eh, this boy's coming in, this boy's not getting any help. He's got to go with the uh, staff that, that Neil Lennon had. The guys get hung out to dry. And the Celtic fans are getting... Well, paid off yeah, because I'm sick yeah. They've got, they've got, they've got, they've got, they must have given about uh, 35 million in the last two months along with what they had in the bank and they're paying attention. They're playing Russian away once again. They're going to wait to the same a couple of guys before they buy. That doesn't work. That's not been what that parked for years. That's my point tonight. Well, as I say, 
The season ended May 15 The vast Vast majority of Celtic supporters Must have been anticipating A serious rebuild During the, the close season And to date They have been linked with everyone And signed no one With the exception of Origidi From Sheffield Wednesday Who's 20 years old Played 17 or 18 times For Sheffield Wednesday last season But You're asking an awful lot of a 20 year old to play against Mitchell and the Champions League qualifier and so on and so forth. Remember, the first league game is 19 days away uh, against Hearts at Tynecastle. And game four will be Rangers at Ibrox. Uh, And, you know, are you going to try and absorb players into the team on a weekly basis from July 31 until the, the end of August? I just think that Celtic have dragged their feet the whole summer long. Oh, I think that's a, a, a bad line. We'll see if we can try and get I John understand, back. you know, John saying he paid £800 for his season ticket and the, the, the show of faith from the Celtic fans in terms of buying season tickets has been extraordinary. But in a sense, it's blind faith because they've given Celtic their money without knowing who's going to play for Celtic. And at the moment, I just think that an awful lot of time has been wasted. And the, the, the lack of... Infrastructure You know Nicky Hammond left In mid-March And it's now Mid-July Do they want A head of recruitment? Who's in charge Of this process Of bringing players in? Ange Postacoglu Has got a lot On his plate To coach the players Get them used To his way of working He's got to plan ahead For Michelin And take it Stage by stage But He has no knowledge Of players in Europe Because he's Austral-Asian So Who's in charge of this process? Nicky Hammond left mid-March, mid-July. It's still a vacancy. As I say, say, you're saying they're dragging their heels. I don't think they've got any feet left. They shouldn't have any feet left the way they're dragging their heels. As I say, it's embarrassing and it's shocking that they're getting the loyal Celtic fans. That's my point. I mean, John's clearly, clearly very frustrated. We've heard similar calls in the past few weeks. For all we know, Celtic may have signings up their sleeves that they're going to announce in the lead up to the Michelin game. But the evidence of the last few weeks doesn't bode well. Well, at the moment, Ange Postecoglou is in a position where he will see what's in Christopher Ayer's mind in terms of playing for Celtic in, in the, the Champions League qualifier and beyond. And what's on Odson Edwards' mind and Ryan Christie into the bargain. He will be judged starting with the game against Mitchelland. But at the moment, the man has not been given all the help that he might have been given to prepare for that game and the ones that come thereafter. However, if he can get a result against Mitchelland, he's one heck of a coach. Do you think the, the frustration would have been softened at all if... 
Dominic Mackay had come out and said that this is the specific structure we're planning on putting in place and, and these are the people that we're looking to bring into the football club because when he was asked about it when he first spoke to the media he was quite vague he talked about um, modernising the club uh-huh. didn't really say whether that meant they were bringing in a director of football a sporting director a head of recruitment there was no real anything really for Celtic fans to sort of cling on to and say alright oh, okay I, I can see exactly what what they're going for and we just need to be patient you know, people come on regularly to the programme and talk about Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy I have no objection whatsoever to John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan staying at Celtic uh, John Kennedy has been part of better than Celtic experienced last season um, he clearly has a role within Celtic Park because no matter who is the manager John Kennedy's part of it therefore the club must rate him very highly but you would have thought that Ange Postacoglu would have other people in mind, people that he knows and has worked with. And you would have thought that Ange Postacoglu would have imagined the club might have in place a director of recruitment. But in every aspect of the club's operations at the moment, it's virtually at a standstill. Now, Ange Postacoglu keeps speaking about we're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But... I'm very much afraid the bottom line is two months, one signing. Is there a chance that Ange Postacoglu has come in and he's he's worked with John Kennedy for a brief spell and he's worked with Gavin Strachan for a brief spell and actually thought, you know what, these guys are, are on the same wavelength as me. They know the club. These are the guys I, I want with me going forward. Well, then it becomes Ange Postacoglu's decision. Uh, if he says, well, I don't want anyone else, these two guys will do for me, then that's fine. That's his decision. I just feel that Celtic at the moment Eight days away from A Champions League qualifier Against a team who have a little bit of a pedigree there I just feel that at the moment Celtic Look to be underprepared Well thank you to John 01419511025 Give us a call and we could be speaking to you next 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 If you've got anything you'd like to talk about or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Just looking at the TV Gareth Southgate on at the moment I mean that was a real real bit of drama last night wasn't it? Yeah um, You know the start that England made with Shaw scoring the goal less than two minutes in. Uh, you wondered if they were about to be repaid for those 55 years of hurt and disappointment. Uh, but they lost their way totally. Uh, and I do think that Italy were the best team in the tournament anyway. Uh, but you could not have made up the drama that occurred during the penalty shootout. That is the essence of sport for me. You know, two players, uh, Rashford and Sajjo, are brought on Specifically to take penalty kicks And both missed um, But I, I You know As I say That's a drama of sport At the highest level But When It fell to Saka A 19 year old To end the 55 years of hurt And disappointment I thought that was unfair I thought that A wiser head Should have said No listen He Is 19 This has got to fall upon the shoulders Of someone more experienced uh, the 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 devastation that he suffered uh, was all too sad to see. Yeah, I mean, 
drama as well I'm sure the, the Premier Sports Cup group stage Will be able to replicate tomorrow night And this week as well So I'm sure we, we can replicate that in Scottish football It's all good 01419511025 Stephen is a Rangers fan up next in East Kilbride Stephen, what have you got for us tonight? Well it was just um, hearing a chap a few calls ago Giving Hugh a hard time about some headline That was on the back page of a newspaper 15 years ago And it kind of got me thinking as to are Rangers in a good position going into these Champions League qualifiers? Obviously, we've had two pre-season friendlies, one an unconvincing victory against Partick Thistle and the other a defeat to Champion Rovers. Um, plenty more games to come before we do go into the qualifiers, but it's really just a case of, you know, would you say that if you were to look at teams across the country, are Rangers going about their recruitment the way that clubs should be going about their recruitment? Um, as opposed to the way that others are going about their recruitment. Well, Rangers are going about their recruitment from a position of strength because they are the league champions. They won it by 25 points and they have brought in players that they believe will add quality to that squad. Therefore, they're in a very safe, secure place. Uh, the squad will need to be trimmed because Rangers can't go on acquiring players without offloading some. They have to run properly as a business But they are In a position of strength Now the only competitor That Rangers have Is Celtic If Celtic Don't win the league Rangers will And if Rangers Don't win the league Celtic will There's nobody in the country That uh, challenges For the league title Therefore At the moment Celtic have A bit of catching up to do A fair bit Of catching up to do um, As I say The, the pre-season friendlies I'm not bothered And I would say the same Celtic have won two if they lost heavily to Preston on Saturday, I would say the same thing. It doesn't matter. It's when the competitive stuff starts that you really have to pay attention. And it's the same with Rangers. Um, I don't know how unconvincing they were against Partick Thistle because the press were banned from the ground. Uh, they have got the result against Tranmere, a losing result, and Stephen Gerrard called it embarrassing. I'll take his word for it. But it means nothing uh, with regard to uh, the Champions League qualifiers to come and yeah, was, league matches to come. I was, I was chatting to a friend who's a Celtic supporter earlier on, and we were kind of talking about, you know, players, contracts, you know, using, say, Ayer, Christie, Edward as an example. And I also mentioned to my friend, you know, Conor Goldson, and that he's got one year left in his contract. If he doesn't agree to a new contract in the next, you know, couple of months, then he could, you know, talk to somebody in January, you know, and at that point it's like, right, well, what would you do? Would, if somebody come in for an offer right now of six, seven, eight million pounds, you know, would you take it? Well, that's the business that we're in in Scotland that you've got to take those sums of money because, you know, you probably don't even get that money for winning the league. You know, what would you say to that, Hugh? I would say that um, at the moment, the, the probably the biggest uh, sellable asset at uh, Rangers is either Morelos or Kamara. Uh, and Rangers have to run the business and they are on record as saying that that is the business model that they have to operate that every now and then players will have to go uh, so Goldson um, I don't know why he's not agreeing to the contract I don't know where he thinks he'll go that would be bigger than Rangers at the moment however that's entirely his prerogative it's his life um, but in terms of the business if there was a great offer for Kamara and or uh, Morelos Then I think uh, Rangers would have to 
consider it very seriously. I mean, we don't know exactly what the hold-up is when it comes to Conor Goldson agreeing a new contract, but Stephen, I'm assuming that that will be really high up in the priority <laughs> list for, for Rangers fans. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you don't want to lose um, you know, assets that are mainstays. I mean, the guy never missed a minute in the league last year. Uh, but at the same time, if, if the guy starts to, to stall uh, on a contract, Rangers right now are not in a position financially where they can, you know, Turn their noses up to six, seven, eight million pounds and allow somebody to walk away. I mean, you know, I'm 45 years of age, Rangers, for many years in their nine in a row run, you know, never made a single penny off a player. The only one I remember was Trevor Stephen, you know, sold to Marseille and bought back for a, a significantly reduced price. You know, nowadays we need to make money from player sales. Um, and if Goldson's got 12 months left in running his contract, you know, there has to be a decision made as to, well, do we. Do we make seven or eight million pounds off them, or do we risk zero? And it's a similar situation with, you know, across the road at Celtic, you know, with the likes of Chris Iyer and Odson Edwards. You know, I mean, it's getting ever closer to their first game of the season. Um, it's not going to be long until it's the the league campaign starts. Players could pick up injuries. You know, could you end up finding that these players won't want to actually play? You know, between now and the close of the transfer window, because they're posturing for a an exit. Well, you're then in breach of contract because uh, your, your contract may have little time to run, but you're still under contract. Uh, therefore, you'd be in breach of contract by refusing to play. Um, it's a business for Celtic and Rangers. It'd be proper business for Celtic to sell Ayer and Edward uh, because they appear to think that they've run their course at Celtic Park and the club needs to get proper money which can be reinvested in players, likewise at Rangers. Stephen, are there any areas in particular that you would like to see Rangers strengthen going forward in this transfer window? Are you quite happy with the squad as it is at the moment? Uh, I'm quite happy with the squad. I mean, you know, the, the, the acquisition of the striker, you know, you think to yourself, is this, you know, was he ultimately maybe going to be to replace Jermaine Defoe, who signed a one-year extension? You know, could Morelos be on his way? I think the midfield looks very strong, you know, assuming that, you know, injuries... Don't kick in at any point defensively. They've got a an array of centre halves. You'd maybe be looking at, you know, do they need more cover for Barisic at left back? Is Bassi the right player for that position? They seem to have a very healthy squad, and you know the fact that they'd made the signings in January, brought a couple of them in in January, and then brought others in just now. You know, I think that that's five players. You know, from from the first of January that they've they've now brought in. Obviously, very few have gone out the door. Greg Stewart, I think, was was one, um, but no others of note. Um, I'd, I'd like to see. Sadly, I'd like to see you know some players go, but go with you know some good, um, good return on investment um, because I think you know financially the club has to start doing that, and we've got to start doing it on a regular basis. It's got to become a significant part of our business model. Well, first of all, somebody has to offer you money. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that, uh, uh, to my way of thinking, there are no bids on the table for Kamara, Morelos or Goldson. Uh, so somebody has to offer you money. But whether it's Celtic or Rangers, the, bi- the, the, the business, the state of the business during the pandemic dictates that you have to pay attention to these bids because you've got to balance the books. Stephen, is there anyone in particular that you think Rangers have to keep no matter what? Well, Ryan Kent, the kind of prime example. Um, you know, I think if we keep him for another twelve months, 
um, you know, that would be good business. Um, I'd like to ensure that our, our James Tavernier and players like that can stay. You know, I'd, I'd look at the squad and say, well, could we afford to go another year without Kamara? Possibly. Could we go without Hadji? Possibly. You know, could we go without uh, George Edmondson or somebody else that we've brought in at centre-back? Possibly. Yes. You know, but it's, it's about bringing in some money. You, you spawn, you know, there's no bids. Um, I'm sure there'll be vultures circling. Um, it's still early days, you know. England probably don't come back to pre-season training for another week or two. Um I think we'll start to see more things happen towards the end of this month. Um, and then everything really starts to kind of heat up in the transfer market, you know, in uh, in August, doesn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Rangers can't really dictate who they lose. It just all depends on, on oh. what offers they get. And the, the players are only worth what people are willing to pay for them. Uh, so whether it's Celtic or Rangers, plenty of speculation lies ahead. Well thank you to Stephen And thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight Thank you to Hugh in the studio as well A big week of action of course There's the Premier Sports Cup Lots of games on tomorrow night Lots of games on on Wednesday as well Hopefully no more cancellations in that one We'll keep you up to date on all the transfer news we get as well And the pre-season fixtures Across all the teams who are not yet in action Because of European football Make sure to join me again tomorrow night 6 o'clock usual time And stick around tonight because Johnny Campbell is up next